I'd never felt anything from Rachel. Nothing at all. Not even a flutter. I don't know why. Perhaps it was because we'd always talked a lot anyway, so we'd never needed anything else. Or maybe it was just because she was my sister. I don't know. I'd just never got any feelings from her before, and that's why it was so strange to suddenly feel her that night. So strange and weird. So terrifying. One moment she was with me, sitting in the back of the Mercedes looking around the yard, and then the moment suddenly cracked and I was with her, walking a storm-ravaged lane in the middle of a desolate moor. We were cold and wet and tired and scared, and the world was black and empty, and I didn't know why. I didn't know anything. "'What are you doing here, Rach?' I asked her. "'I thought you were coming home tonight.' She didn't answer. She couldn't hear me. She was hundreds of miles away. She couldn't feel me. All she could feel was the cold and the rain and the wind and the darkness. And then suddenly she was feeling something else. A race of blood in her heart. A paralysing fear in her bones. A presence. There was something there. Something that shouldn't be there. I felt it at the same time as her and we were both too late. The dead man came out of the dark and took her down, and everything went black forever. I don't know what happened after that. I stopped feeling. I passed out. Sometime later, I awoke to the pain of a jagged knife ripping open my heart, and I knew without doubt that Rachel was dead. Her last breath had just left her. I could see it stealing away on the wind. I watched it floating over a ring of stones and through the branches of a stunted thorn tree. And then the storm came down with a purple-black light that rolled the sky to the ground. And that was the last thing I saw. Chapter 2 Three days later, I was sitting in an air-conditioned office with Mum and Cole and a grey-faced man in a dark blue suit. The office was on the top floor of Bow Green Police Station and the man in the dark blue suit was our family liaison officer, Detective Constable Robert Merton. It was nine o'clock, Friday morning. This wasn't the first time we'd met DC Merton. On Wednesday morning, after the police had informed us of Rachel's death, he'd stayed at our house for a while and spent some time talking to Mum. Then on Thursday, he'd come round again, and this time he'd talked to all of us. He'd told us what had happened to Rachel and what was going to happen and what might happen. He'd asked us questions, told us how sorry he was, tried to comfort us, tried to help. He'd given us leaflets and brochures, talked to us about bereavement counselling and victim support and hundreds of other things that none of us wanted to hear. Talk, talk, talk. That's all it was. Just talk. It didn't mean anything. It was just DC Merton doing his job. We knew that. But we also knew that his job didn't belong in our house, and neither did he. He was a policeman. He wore a suit. He talked too much. We didn't want any of that in our house. So when he'd phoned us on Thursday night to arrange another meeting, Mum had told him that this time we'd come to him. There's no need for that, Mary, he'd said. We'll be there at nine. Mum had told him. And now, here we were, 
sitting at his cramped little desk, waiting to see what else he had to say. He looked tired. His shoulders were hunched and his eyes were heavy, and I got the impression that he'd rather be somewhere else. As he removed the cardboard file from a drawer and placed it on the desk, I could see him struggling to find the right face. So, Mary, he said eventually, smiling somberly at Mum. How have you been coping? Mum just stared at him. My daughter's dead. How do you think I've been coping? I'm sorry, I didn't mean... His smile tightened with embarrassment. I just meant with the media attention and everything. He narrowed his eyes. I hear there was a spot of trouble yesterday. Mum shook her head. No? Merton glanced at Cole.